and welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances, and I'll be your hostess. Hello, and welcome to episode 255, something like that. I don't know, 235, in the 200s. We're getting up there. I am actually, I'm going to do a, a quilt diary, but I decided... Yeah, I want to keep podcasting, so I've got to make it simple. And so just going ahead and greeting you and saying welcome, welcome to the world of Off-Kilter Quilt. Here's Travis, the quilt dog. Uh, it's August something, I believe the 13th. Um, and then just start talking, and then I might come back and talk some more. So this would be the, this is the Quilt Diary Day 1. It's also the intro, and that way when I finish Quilt Diary, say, Day 2 or Day 7 or whatever, I can just say bye, and then I don't have to go, oh, man, i got to go back around and do an intro. All right, so we're going to try that out. A little change here in Year 9 of the Off-Kilter Quilt. It is Tuesday. Pretty sure it's the 13th of August. Does that seem right? Yes, because on Friday, the 16th, uh, Jack flies to Copenhagen for a semester abroad. I don't know if any of you have sons and sons who are in their teen years. Sons who are in their, well, actually, Jack is not in his teen years anymore. He's 20. But that frontal lobe, still not all the way developed. What do we say that with, with males, full maturity comes around 26? If ever, I know that's sexist, sorry. I just had to say it. It was just waiting. It was so, yes, ripe for the picking. Um, and, you know, I, I talked to other moms of boys, uh, older, teenage, young adult boys, and young men, I should say, young men. Um, and, and the procrastination thing, the not being pretty organized thing, it's not uncommon. You know, it's a spectrum. Everything's a spectrum. And, you know, Jack very bright. He's very bright. He is a scholar. Um, you do worry about him like tripping over his shoelaces. It's that kind of deal. Anyway, could be, it's a little, been a little bit of a stressful week. He's got some things he needs to take care of before he goes and he'll be very last minute about it. And my approach is, you know what, if you don't get your supply of contact lenses, disposable contact lenses, you got two pairs of glasses, enjoy them right? If you don't get everything that updated, there's nothing life-threatening. He's got his ticket. He's got his passport. He's enrolled. He's got his classes. He's got his housing. So at this point, it's all, you know, there's no life-threatening situation. So I'm just like, whatevs. The man, not quite as able as I am to step back. He's a manager, uh, and he is a very organized person in his thinking, uh, not always in his uh, disposal of, of worn clothes. So, yeah, so it's just some, some tension, some anxiety, but it's all good. And Trav and I are sitting here on this beautiful Tuesday morning. We're not anxious. We're cool. Trav went to the vet yesterday for his uh, week, his annual physical, and the vet wants him to lose two pounds. She didn't at first, and then she remembered that last year he had the disc issue. Um, yeah, so at first he's like, he weighs like 20 pounds, and she wants him to weigh 18. But at first she's like, oh, 20, that's good. That's on the high end of good, but it's good. I'm like looking at this little skinny dog. 
I'm like, I don't know. You know, he's not, he's not a chubby dog. He's not a heavy dog. I'm a chubby woman. He is not a chubby dog. Um, but anyway, so I, so now we've already getting him like the little mini treats, like those very small, I guess they're milk bones that, so, you know, that kind of treat and I already got, now I'm having to have the small ones. We'll see how this works out. He exercises a lot, but he really, he is the picture of canine health. I know you'll be happy to hear that. Will we be talking about quilting today? A little bit. I am... So I, I, the last time I posted an episode, which was probably a couple weeks ago, I was just kind of getting my mojo back. And then you know what happened? Of course, I got sick. Um, oh, I need to take my allergy pill. But the first part of the sickness was bug. And the second part was allergies, which every, every year this time, every, yeah, every July, every August, something comes into the, the environment, which uh, my immune system does not like, and I get allergies. So the last couple of weeks, I've just been really low energy, um, but now I'm feeling good again. Hooray. And I am working on this quilt, which is probably going to be a charity quilt, but it's, you know, I often don't know what I'm doing in all aspects of my life. But yes, when I start a quilt, you know, I don't, I, I typically don't work from a pattern. I have ideas. I mess around. And I think I'm, you know, I, I talked last time, I have too many UFOs now. And, um, you know, and, but part of it is I, I think that in my creative process, I just get to stuck places or places where I'm unhappy with what I'm doing. And I set it aside. I do that with writing as well. So, um, yeah, so I, I think that's partly what's going on. But uh, I don't know, it's probably been a month ago, six weeks ago, I started just messing around with some fabric that's... Uh, some nice people from the Quilt Fiction Club club sent me. So we talked about Quilt Fiction. So this is a Facebook group that's connected to the Quilt Fiction podcast. And it's a very nice group. I think I know I talked about it last time. I'm just, I, I really like it. I really enjoy this community. It's a fairly small group. I think we're up to like 620 people. Um, but, you know, there's probably about 30 people who participate a lot. And it's very nice. Now we've got a subgroup for swaps, for fabric swaps. And, man, we've got these two women who are running this group. They're amazing. They're just like, I will never be that organized in my life. They're doing a great job. But anyway, so occasionally someone will send me fabric just kind of uh, to be nice, um, you know. And so, and, and, if, and I think the first time they did a swap, I think they're on their third swap now. The first time, a, a bunch of people sent me fabric. So I thought, I'm going to do something with this. So I just started cutting into strips. And then I made these, uh, the strips have made these elongated triangles. And, you know, they, they kind of look like arrows. And, so I, I, you know, I was just messing around with them. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then, um, as is the way, you know, I just kind of landed on this kind of funky Ohio star. And I will post a picture um, for show notes, should I actually get around to doing show notes? I, I'm always saying I'm not going to do show notes, and then I do some show notes. But uh, I really like it. The center is this fuchsia. Uh, it's a, I don't know if you can if there's like a hot fuchsia and a cool fuchsia. Fuchsia seems kind of hot, but you know, okay. And it's it's this piece of fabric. I have no idea where I got it from. My neighbor Debbie in the spring 
gave me all this fabric. She was a quilter, but she's had problems, I guess, with her eyes. She can't quilt anymore. So she, she gave me a lot. She, she actually basically brought all her fabric over and said, take what you want. And anything you don't want, I'm going to give to, I think it's like her uh, daughter's mother-in-law who's just started quilting. So that's maybe where I got the fuchsia. I don't know. But I don't have that much of it. But that's okay. I think I've got enough. So, But the center is of the star is this hot fuchsia square. I don't know if I can really explain this to you, so I'm just going to put a picture up. Anyway, so now I'm kind of happy with that. Uh, but I don't want to make any more arrows <laughs> because, you know, I think you have to have more quilting mojo than I have right now. I have enough quilting mojo to be excited about ha what's happening with this project, um, but not enough. Where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I want to spend a couple days just making these arrows because it, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a process. It's a process putting those arrows together, or arrowheads, really. Um, you know, so, yeah, that that's another, that's a level of energy that I don't get until October. Uh, so, anyway. Um, yeah, so, now I can't remember how, I think I just decided I needed to talk about quilting, right? Because this is a quilting podcast. I need my drink. I need my seltzer. I need my drink and it's 1130 in the morning. It sounds a little bit like I need my Bloody Mary. Nah, not a morning drinker. Not an afternoon drinker. I like a glass of wine when I'm cooking dinner. And sometimes I skip that too. Um, the older I get, the sleepier I get when confronted with alcohol. Anyway, um, I got my seltzer. It's strawberry seltzer. Let's see. So that is kind of what's going on with the quilting. I do feel like I had a larger point, but... Uh, so here we are in mid-August. Can't complain about the weather. Won't complain about the weather. It is, okay, a little humid out there, um, but not too hot. Like high today, 93. It's North Carolina. It should be like 105, not really. But if it, you know, if the high today were 97, no one would think twice about it. And there is amazingly a big difference between 93 and 97. So we have enjoyed, I think, a kind of cool summer, uh, a dry summer, possibly too dry. Our tomatoes really never took off this year, but I'm so excited because I found this. I didn't find this grocery store. My friend Amy, one of the Amys, one of my my tribe of Amys. Um, <laughs> I really probably do at this point have about eight friends named Amy, but anyway, but my, my dear, I call her Spencer's mom, Amy, because she is Spencer's mom. Um, she told me about this grocery store that's uh, kind of Northeast Durham. It's called King's and they have local fresh produce. So I went on Friday and sure enough, it's like this, it's a very small grocery store. It's, you know, not that much bigger than, uh, you know, if, when you go into a mini mart, like a good size mini mart, it's like a good size mini mart with, but with a, an addition to it. Right. And that addition is the produce section also has a really good meat section. And it's, um, and the stuff, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real grocery store. So it's not like, uh, it's not like a mini mart and that most of the food is fake food. It's real food. It's a real grocery, it's just small, but for the produce section and man, I got some, I want to say I got some big boys and some 
Oh, Cherokee, purple Cherokee. Anyway, very nice stuff. I got some good cukes. I love um, pickling cukes. I mean, that I eat like regular cukes. I just find them sweeter and crisper. I did try pickling my own cucumbers a few years back. Probably It's probably been six or seven years. If you've been listening to me for a long time, you may recall I went through a, a couple summer, one summer of serious canning. Uh, I and now the only thing I really, if I can at all, it's strawberry jam. And I didn't do that this year. Um, but that's something I probably will do again. It's so easy to do. But anyway, uh, I decided to do pickles. But my pickles came out soggy. Now what I've learned since is there's something you can put in when you're pickling cucumbers that you can put in the mixture. Um, and, and that actually keeps them crisp. And uh, I wish I'd known about that because I love a good crisp cucumber. I love a good crisp pickle. But anyway, so you can get pickles at this place. And and, uh, beans, like pole beans and the kind of southern beans and peas that that country people used to grow all the time. And some of them still do. So I need to take the man because he'll go into a wave of like deep nostalgia for his grandmother who had a big kitchen garden and grew all kinds of limas and pole beans and crowder peas and all that stuff so um yeah so i'm excited about that to have a good source of of fresh local produce and because you know what i don't love the farmer's market i know and that's like sacrilege to say i understand that but the durham farmer's market has just gotten bigger and bigger which on the one hand is great but if you're like me and easily overwhelmed by just about anything quite frankly but certainly in a shopping experience like if there's just a lot to choose from it's really hard for me and you know at the farmer's market it's like you know a hundred booze or and everyone's kind of selling the same thing you know every once in a while you come across someone who's selling dairy someone who's doing meat but mostly it's like here's the tomatoes here's the okra here's the corn and it's you know and you're just like and I end up because I'm either nice or pathetic but like I'll go where people aren't you know where there's not a huge crowd so which means I'm probably getting subpar stuff anyway but it's very very crowded and it gets crowded really early and um you know and I I just I, I it's too much. Now, someone just told me about, uh, there's a smaller farmer's market uh, in this place called Brightly Square, which is not that far from, from us, where it's kind of thing where they have like six farmers there, all selling tomatoes, but you just buy one tomato from each person and you've done your duty. And the man and I actually, a couple of weeks ago, went to the Hillsborough Farmer's Market, and that was a very small farmer's market too, and we really liked it. We went on a hike uh, I actually, I'm trying to train the man to not say hike, but walk. I'm like, I'm not hiking. I'm walking. I'm training for when we do our walking tour in England. Um, so please, please stop talking about hiking because you are going to build up some expectations that I am not going to meet. Let's be, let's be clear about that. So anyway, but so we, we went to hiked in a park, walked uh, in Hillsborough and then went to the farmer's market. It was really charming. You know, that moving to Hillsborough has kind of become our dream. Hillsborough is this small town about, it's probably about 10 miles west, maybe touch north of us. And, um, it's an old colonial town. It was settled in the 1700s. It's got a very cute downtown. It's got nice old houses. Of course, the market is just getting out of control, but so far, 
the market in where we live, the real estate market in Durham, is still hotter than the one in Hillsborough. So it's possible we could get a house we like, just sort of like trading, you know. <laughs> we sell this house and take that money and buy the house we want in Hillsborough. But my dream, because I love to walk, is to live in a walkable town, to live close enough to downtown where I could walk to the grocery, where I could walk to the library, walk someplace to get a cup of coffee. There's a bookstore. There's a, there's a yarn shop. I don't think there's a quilting shop. I'm not opening one, but you know, I could, but I might write a novel about someone who does. Anyway, so we've kind of been exploring Hillsborough and just it's nice to have something to dream about. And we're getting to that place as parents. Will starts his junior year next year. Um, not next year, next week. <laughs> he starts his junior year next week. So we're like two years from now, we will have an empty nest. And I know I'll feel very sad and emotional. Um, about that but at the same time you know we're thinking like you know what do we do after that and really what we're thinking about is what do we do after we're done paying tuitions and that's one of the things that happens for us in two years is Jack will be out of college and it's not like we're going to cut him off completely but uh, that will be a significant thing Um, anyway so we're just thinking about the future and and, uh, You know, I tend to romanticize like village life or small town life. And you have to be really careful about that um, because villages, I think, there's a lot to them, uh, to to having that kind of neighborly life. And there's also, there's a reason people leave, right? So anyway, um, so yeah, so it's August. School's about to start. I am, I'm writing and I'm working on a middle grade novel. Um. I'm kind of taking a little bit of a break. One is, you know, as I mentioned earlier, this is kind of a weird week with getting Jack ready to go or watching Jack not get ready to go to Europe. Um, I just need a little break, I think. I've I've worked a lot this summer. I've written a lot. um, And I'm just kind of, yeah, just a couple, even if it's just a couple days, um, I really just kind of like need, need to clear my head a little bit. So it's been nice. I'm making, for instance... I'm making zucchini bread as we speak. It's in the oven. Uh, Will wanted some zucchini bread. So, uh, and yes, I asked Jack what he wanted, you know, for his last week home before he goes off to Europe, and uh, w- which is to say we're having pot roast tonight here in 93-degree August. We'll be having pot roast, and then we're going to have lasagna uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, it's kind of like, I feel like this is the time of year where you know what you have? You have tomato sandwiches, right? Or I make chicken salad. We have a lot more, do a lot of sandwiches, a lot of salads. Um, so, but no, but not this week. We'll be doing, that's right, pot roast and lasagna. <laughs> All right, so what else do we have to talk about quilty-wise? Oh, I'll tell you what, and then I probably need to go do some stuff in the kitchen. Um, thinking Jack likes tuna salad. I should go make him some tuna salad. But we had our quilt, our Triangle Modern Quilt Guild met on Sunday. So I should give you the Quilt Guild report. It's such a nice group. I know I always say that, but I'm always, you know, I don't like going places or spending time with other people. Um, so I'm, <laughs> except that I do. Uh, I think if I could just be, tele, you know, teleported, um, like instantly to places and just be put right in the middle, I'd be okay. But it's the idea like, um gotta go and it's it's a little bit of a trip it's, it takes me 30 minutes to get to this place it's the triangle and that's raleigh durham chapel hill and then all these little towns outs, outside the, the the bigger towns and 
you know, so this the place where we meet is pretty centrally located. So, um, but still, so so it's a fair place to ha- have a meeting. It's fair to everyone. Um, but yeah, I have to drive thirty minutes. So I think oh, I'm gonna drive thirty minutes, and then and Patty, who is our president, was at a wedding. So I'm like, oh, I gotta leave the meeting. <laughs> Just, just whining, just that steady drone of my whining and, and internal voice going on and on. But of course, once I got there, it was like, you know, it's like, oh, I love all these people. Everyone is, you know, people are nice. Um, the guild continues to grow a little bit of time. I, or, I don't know if it's, sometimes I wonder if it's growing or just, you know, old people leave. People, things happen in their lives or they're not happy with the direction the guild is taking or whatever. Um but but we always have a few new people every meeting. What was interesting, um, you know, because I'm an army brat. I, when when it's I'm kind of in charge of introducing new people, and it's very important to me that, um, yeah, you know, that that we reach out to the new people there. And I'm very like, okay, here's these are the new people during the break. Talk to them, um, you know, because I, I one, I've just spent. I just know what it's like to come to some place, whether it's a quilt guild meeting or, you know, a, a, a church service, and to be by yourself, to be new, to not know anyone, and have no one talk to you. And it's really uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, we're quilters, so we've got something to talk about. We've got something automatically in common. So anyway, it's so, uh, yeah, so I, I feel like, I, I don't know if we're growing or kind of just holding steady, but we've always got a few new people, and there were some nice new people uh, this week. But uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun. One of our members, Sarah, is a, prof- is a prof- well, yeah, I mean, she long arms. I think she, uh, she, she uh, so I do think she, she does that. Uh, it's not her profession. She actually has a different profession, but I think she does take in quilts and quilts for money. But she did a really nice uh, presentation on free motion quilting. And, uh, you know, when people came in, there were four machines set up, and she talked about it. And then people, you know, part of the meeting just was people messing around with free motion quilting, and people had lots of questions. And she did a great job. She's a very good speaker. She's funny. So that was a lot of fun. Um, But what's interesting uh, is that, so during the break, okay, let me back up. One of the things, and this I think is fairly common, or at least at least not uncommon with modern quilt guilds, is that people are coming into the guild, um, you know, maybe because, you know, they have a friend who's in the guild. Or in our case, it's like we do some public outreach stuff, and and people will, you know, just come in, and and but they're it's not necessarily not necessarily that they're modern quilters, right? But they just, the quilt guild meets at a good time or they, they're interested in quiltings. You know, oftentimes when someone is new, um, they'll say, well, I, you know, I, I, reti- you know, I finally retired and, and this was a good, you know, so I'm here, I'm ready to get quilting. But they're not, they're not coming in because they're modern quilters um, who love everything about modern quilting. Now, there are people like that, but I think there are just as many people who just, like to quilt and you know and, and with the with the guild like ours or a chapter like ours where it's pretty friendly it's a fun place to go but from talking with people this week it made me even more aware yeah that, that a lot of a lot of people in our chapter actually don't 
quite have a handle on what modern quilting is. And in fact, what we've worked on this year as a board, so I'm vice president um, of our guild, is really focusing on what is modern quilting. And we've had some great presentations. Um, Patty did a really good one on modern traditionalism. Um, Val and Melissa did just a general, here are the elements of modern quilts. And they did a kind of a trunk show. And Melissa's a graphic designer. She designed this amazing poster. And, um, you know, so people, so, and, and next month, Michelle's going to come in and talk about minimalism. And, and so to really, to really educate people, this is what modern quilting is. This is what a modern quilt looks like. And to encourage people to focus on modern quilting. Now, the idea is that whatever you make, bring it to show and tell. No one's getting turned away. We're not quilt police. But what was really nice about this meeting is that a lot of people during show and tell said, well, I was really inspired by Patty's presentation. I was really inspired by... You know, Val and Melissa, and I wanted to try to do, you know, uh, something really modern. But, and the number, you know, and it was, you know, five or six people who were, were very much focusing on, on using modern quilt elements like negative space or minimalism or modern traditionalism. So that was really cool. Um, and by the way, uh, I might have mentioned this last time, but I think people were also inspired by Sean Kimber, who was. Uh, who taught and did a trunk show um, the weekend of July 20th and I was out of town and I missed it and I hate that I missed it I hate I could if I'd been here I would have gone out to dinner with her and the people who went out to dinner with her said she was so nice and interesting and apparently the class was amazing and on and on so I, I hate that I missed that uh, but I think she inspired people too so that was kind of fun and it's also kind of fun you know to, you know that we had this plan and whenever it was January, like let's focus on what is modern quilting. Let's focus on the programming that's all about modern quilting, and to see it really paying off, and to see the the light bulbs going on in people's head. And the fact is, um, yeah, it's so that it's exciting. And uh, so it was a good meeting. Saw some great quilts. People had fun. People, we have a really good snack committee. <laughs> And somebody, I don't even like watermelon, but somebody that much, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. The man loves it. We have a lot of watermelon over the summer, but somebody brought in some really good watermelon. Even I liked it. It was a perfect amount of sweet, not too sweet, but sweet enough. So, um, yeah, so it was a, it was a good meeting. And so it was, it was, I laughed at myself at the end. I was like, this was so much fun. Everyone did such a good job. Sarah did such a good job. Um, we saw a lot of great quilts. And it was fun. And yes, I laughed just because, like, all the grumbling in my head beforehand. So there you go. Life with me, it's not easy. Um, what else do I want to tell you? I feel like I've talked about books. I am reading uh, this book, uh, Pillars, Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett, which came out, I think, in the late 80s. and was a big bestseller. And, you know, it's still, it's like, um, we have the paperback version, which is you know, about eight inches thick. It's a really long book. But the man and I have been watching a lot of Time Team and just kind of learning about, you know, England circa what year, the year 1000. They are, it's a really old country. <laughs> so, uh, and, and this book is set around then. And so, you know, it's about the building of, of a cathedral. It's a novel. Um 
So I'm about 250 pages into it. I think it must be at least 800 pages. Uh, it's, you know, will I finish it? Probably. I find myself skimming. It can be, get very detail-oriented um, in a way that, that sometimes is fascinating and other times is not. But, it, I mean, it's, a, it's good basic storytelling. You know, they're good guys, they're bad guys, the good guys have their flaws, you know, which is, that's always the best kind of good guy. So, so I'm reading that right now, along with a book uh, called The Narnian by Alan Jacobs, which is about, uh, it's, it's, he calls it, he says, it's not a biography of C.S. Lewis, it's a biography of C.S. Lewis's imagination. Um, and so he's, you know, and, and, and primarily he's looking so far, but looking at the the Narnia books, but he also is you know sort of cross sectioning that with Lewis's biography, which you know I, I don't know if you've ever read any, if you may not be interested in C.S. Lewis, but he was a fascinating man in a lot of ways. I think he was a great man, but he also his you know once you read about him, um, his life was complicated, you know, and and uh, he. Yeah. So anyway, so so the, and I like Alan Jacobs a lot. He's he's very, he teaches at Baylor. He writes. Um, you know, he's he, he anyway. He his one of his most recent books is called How to Think, which I really like a lot. And but he he uh, is just a he is a in some ways I, I, I he's he's not a Christian apologist, so he's not a, like C.S. Lewis in that way. But he is someone who I think interprets. Uh, into you know um, interprets big ideas and makes them accessible to the lay reader, whether those ideas are about reading or thinking or technology or what have you. So he's someone I really enjoy. And I'm trying to think what else I'm reading. But I think it's been mostly the Narnian, um, Pillars of the Earth, and dipping into some Wendell Berry short stories. I love Wendell Berry. And the New Yorker recently had a really, really good interview with him. So he's, uh, if you're not familiar with him, he is a novelist, a poet, and an essayist uh, from Kentucky. He's in, he's 84 now, but I first started reading his essays uh, in the 90s, and probably about 10 or 15 years ago, started reading his his fiction. And all his fiction is about this one particular fictional town in Kentucky. And it's at Port William. Barry himself grew up in, I think, Port Royal, Kentucky, and still lives there. Um, he left for a while. He went to, to the writing program in Stanford, and then went to New York. But he decided to come home, and he's been home, and he is a farmer and a writer. Um, but anyway, so I, I love his work a lot, and I um, have... Oh, there's my zucchini bread, but have a collection of his short stories. I think it's called That Distant Land, and sometimes I just pick it up and start reading because it's wonderful. Well, I need to go check on my zucchini bread, so uh, I will probably uh, chat with you a little bit more later. Hopefully, uh, I've got some plans for the funky Ohio star quilt, and perhaps uh, I will get back to you on that. So bye for now. Quilt Diary Day 2. It is Friday, August 30th. So it's been a couple weeks since last I spoke. Um, But I'm going to finish this up here, and my plan is to get this episode, which will be episode 237, 
uh, posted this weekend. It's a long weekend. I'm already ready for a long weekend. <laughs> School started for Will, I want to say like the 20th, the 21st. Um, and it's gone very well. That first week, they just do a lot of community building stuff, which, you know, I, I think if you're an extrovert, you'd be really into <laughs> And otherwise, you're like, oh, gosh, I don't know. That's just me. I know a lot of people love things that I don't love, and I accept that, and I don't think they're wrong. I think it's just, you know, introvert, extrovert, personality stuff. But, yeah, when I, when I hear the phrase community building, I just want to run to as far as possible, as fast as possible in the opposite direction. The community was built, and on Friday, a week ago, the real classes started, and Will is starting his junior year, and he is very, uh, uh, he, he has goals, he has plans, he's on a mission, and I'm excited for him. He also has a cold, yeah, and that, <laughs> which is what always happens when you get, like, pumped up to do something, or perhaps just in this family, it's like, all right, I'm a, it's time to battle, I'm, I'm going in, I'm like a tornado, like a hurricane you know and then it's like and now I've got a cold and I'm really tired and I just want to go to sleep and of course I'm getting the cold I'm taking my cold ease I'm a big fan of cold ease and it has worked in the past I believe it will work now but it's a long weekend and I don't know that I will take the whole weekend off I don't know I probably I mean I, I, I will probably write Monday I don't think I'm going to write tomorrow or Sunday I'm almost done with this middle grade novel and uh, you know, the last that we spoke, I had taken a little bit of a break just to get Jack to Denmark. He got to Denmark. Um, he even got to the airport almost on time, which is amazing. But this is a child going overseas for three months, a young man. You know, when he packed his clothes that morning, he needed to be at the airport at 1220, and he was packing his clothes like at 1030. Now, he and the man had already gone shopping and uh, made lists and so and and so there were there were clothes at the ready to pack like the jackets and the vest the down vest and all this stuff so uh, it wasn't like he had not looked through his clothes and didn't have any idea what he was going to take but we spent a lot of time <laughs> getting that suitcase below I think it needed to be below 50 pounds either 40 or 50 I can't remember and uh, decided that it would actually be cheaper it's like he left a pair of tennis shoes home that he had planned on taking but it would be cheaper to buy the tennis shoes than to pay the hundred dollar overage um, I don't know although you know from what I understand Copenhagen is very expensive but and of course Jack being Jack very uh, very low-key communicator he is there he likes his roommates they're already making plans to go to Amsterdam for fall break but you know every mother's dream um so it sounds like he's doing well, but I have not, we're not getting like blow by blow accounts and lots of pictures. Will, Will's going to be more the child who will stay in touch and communicate and all of that. But anyway, I'm glad he's there. I'm glad he's having fun. I'm glad he's making friends. And um, I think this will be a great experience for him. So that's where we are. Uh, and I'm sitting in the front room with Travis the Quilt Dog. He is doing well. What to tell you? So last we spoke of quilty things, I had been making blocks. I referred to them uh, mistakenly as Ohio stars, kind of as wonky, funky Ohio stars, but they're not, they're sawtooth stars. And uh, I now have, let me see, it's over on the wall. 
I have six of the stars that I was describing that with the you know, I think what I've been calling fuchsia, I think I, I'm going to change that to raspberry. I think raspberry is maybe the better description. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, so six of the raspberry-centered stars with the striped arrows, the striped points. And then I have one, two, three, four uh, stars of varying sizes, two large, two small, uh, of star of saw two stars the, the the points of the stars are this fuchsia raspberry and then the center is white and i i'm in the process of making three more small stars my problem with this i, I mean i love these stars so i you know i'm at this weird place okay so this is a project that came about wanting to use this fabric you know the, the nice people from the quilt fiction club swap had sent and i and i have to say i mean i, I don't think i if I put a picture of the quilt up on the, the Facebook page, I don't think people are going to go, oh, my goodness, look how you use my fabric. <laughs> I have still have a lot of fabric left. I'll, you know, I'll do another project that where the fabric uh, from the swap people will, will be more significant than it is in this quilt. But, you know, so it just started off as kind of an improvisational project to kind of let's see what we can come up with. And, you know, I, I talked about this in the first quilt diary and just that it's like, I'm not overly inspired right now. Um, but I've gotten to the point with this quilt at the same time, I really like the block. So I don't just want to slap it together, you know, so it's a weird in-between place. So I'm not feeling like this overwhelming creative energy that's being funneled into the design of this quilt, but I want to do the quilt justice I have no idea what I'm going to do with the quilt I don't know that it's going to be a quilt that I would consider entering to quilt con although it is definitely modern I think that I'll, I'll, I'll donate it somewhere that is my thought at, at this moment um but I still you know but so I but I still want it to be a quilt that I'm really happy with that um you know that I learn something from because I do like learning about design as I'm going but uh, yeah, so it's, it's you know I just kind of <laughs> I've got all these other uh, works in progress and 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 UFOs and all that. But part of me just wants to go buy a pattern when I'm done with this and just follow the directions and make a quilt. And that is a very satisfying thing to do after you've done a quilt where you, you're just making it up as you go along. So anyway, I will put a picture uh, on the show notes, and I do hope I will post this episode this weekend and so I doubt I will have the top pieced but that one of my plans for the weekend is to play with this top to finish I'll finish the remaining stars tonight and then start playing with the layout and I I've shown what I've had to, to several people kind of my go-to people look at this give me feedback Patty and Vicki and Kristen and uh, you've got good feedback and some good ideas and both Patty and Vicki were like make some more small stars so and, and Vicky was like, give it more space, give it more space, which I think I, 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 she's definitely right about that. So, and I think Kristen said that too. The layout I, as I had it was, it was pretty cramped. Anyway, I'll see what I come up with. I want to do a good job, but I'm also, it's just weird. I'm not, I'm in that weird in-between place. Want to do a good job, not feeling the mojo that would make this a, a I know that I'm probably going to feel when I'm done that I could have done better that I didn't that if I'd had a better quilting mojo 
I would have come up with something better. But you know, live and learn, move on. Move along, people. Let's go. We've got more quilts to make. We've got many unfinished projects to finish. So that is the quilting news uh, and book news. I, I'm looking over at my stack of library books. All the books I had on hold came in at the same time. And it's like Fleischman is in trouble and Mrs. Everything and all these books that I'm not going to be able to renew. I'm reading Mrs. Everything. And this is by Jennifer Weiner or Weiner. I'm not sure. Um, and I feel badly about this because she is an author I've met. Uh, she, you know, you, you, she has written any number of novels. Uh, Good in Bed, I think might have been her first novel. And then uh, In Her Shoes was the novel that was made into a movie. And, you know, she writes what, what is women's fiction. And she does, she's written a quite a number of op-eds for the New York Times on all sorts of subjects. She writes a lot about weight because um, she struggled with her weight all her life. and um, But she's written a lot about fiction and how any fiction that is kind of deemed women's fiction, um, fiction by women, about women and women's lives and domestic lives, kind of gets shuttled off to the side. And it's novels by people like you know, Jonathan Franzen and Dave Eggers. And, you know, it's considered important American fiction. And, um, you know, and I, and I think that uh, she has a point, you know. And, uh, and I personally love women's fiction when it's done really well. And, of course, you know, that's one of the reasons I started writing quilt fiction, which is, you know, it's going to be women's fiction because I like writing about women's lives. I find women's lives really interesting. Um, and obviously I love quilts, so combine those two things. Any event, I feel like I should know how to say Jennifer's last name because we were on a panel together because she's also written children's books. And, uh, and and that's how we met and got to chat a little bit and had dinner together. And yes, and so I'm just name dropping here. Yes, my glamorous life, not really. But it's nice to meet some people from time to time. Any event, I'm enjoying Mrs. Everything. Um, I'm, I'm too early in it to say, yes, you have to read this book. I just know that I'm enjoying it. I just finished a book. Um, you, you know, you've got all these books to read and then someone says, oh, here's a book for you to read. But, uh, and, and then... Uh, my, my friend Kaya gave me this book. It's called Furious Hours. It's about Harper Lee and a murder mystery and um, really interesting stuff. And it's a good book. I read it really quickly. So it's nonfiction. And essentially back in, so it's, it's in three sections. And the first section is about the series of murders that took place in Alabama, I think fairly near where Harper Lee grew up. But but the murders themselves took place in the 1970s, and that and they were the the people murdered. I think there were five murders, and the people murdered uh, were all related or married to uh, a minister named um, Reverend Maxwell. I can't remember what Reverend Maxwell's first name was. African American, uh, had a number of churches, kind of traveled around the area, and had a policy of taking out life insurance policies. That's a repetition there, had a habit of taking out life insurance policies on people. And then interestingly enough, and this happened five times, those people ended up dead. And he never, he, he never, um, I, I think he was, he, I think he may have gone to trial, but he was never convicted of any of the murders, even though you read the story and it's like clear it had to be him. Right. It's just uh, and, and it's, just, it's just one of those amazing things. Like, how could you not be how, how could they not get him? But when you read 
the author's account, it's like, you know, you understand how the, the difficulties the, the police and the investigators and what have you had. Um, so there's that, and then there's a section about his lawyer, and it's a real, and that's very interesting too. Um, and then the last section is about Harper Lee, who got interested in the story, covered the trial, got to be very good friends with the lawyer, and her plan was to write a true crime book, and she never did. And so th that last part is about kind of Harper Lee's life post To Kill a Mockingbird. So you know, she never wrote another book after To Kill, Kill a Mockingbird, Right, shortly before she died, her first book, which preceded To Kill a Mockingbird, which is called The Ghost of a Watchman, was published. Um, but this was the book that she wrote before she wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird is what her editors convinced her to publish, to write instead. They pushed her to, to write a different book. Um, so anyway, so highly recommend it. I'll try to remember to link to it in the show notes. Um, and then for my book club, read, uh, I think it's called a Summer Book by Tove Janssen, um, who was a Finnish author and illustrator. And uh, it, was, it was one of those books, I got it last summer. And I read the first few chapters and didn't really connect with the characters. It's, it's uh, I didn't, so it was uh, the choice of our member Monica, who is from Finland. And so it's, I guess it's not uncommon. There are a lot of very small islands off the coast of Finland and people have houses out there and Monica and her husband have a little cottage on an island, but there's no electricity and you take the boat out and, you know, she says her husband stays out there for a long time, but it's very easy to go back and forth. It's not that far from where they live anyway. So it's, it's a story. It's, uh, a grandmother, a little girl who I think is around nine, and then the father, and the little girl's mother has died. Um, and, and it's about the summer they spend on this, this island. Um, I, I think they have a house, so I think they spend every summer on that island, but it's about one particular summer. And the first few chapters, I, I just didn't connect to the characters, and so I put the book down. But then when it came up again for a book group, that forced you know pushed me to read the whole thing, and I'm really glad I did. I really liked it. So I will link to that as well. So I think those are the things that I have to tell you right now. I told you about our guild meeting. Um, and I don't think I have other quilty news at this time. I'm really looking forward to fall. I'm looking forward to finishing this quilt. And uh, I have uh, one of the quilts that I have, um, or one of the quilts in progress, I'm looking at the strips right now. This is a quilt I wanna make for my friend Kate who very generously opened up her house in Nashville to, a couple, to Amy and Emma from the Quilt Alliance and my friend Patty. Um, and so I wanna make her uh, a quilt and I started on it and I bought all these beautiful batiks at the Cozy Quilter in Louisville when I was visiting my mom um, last spring. And anyway, I, I, the cons I haven't quite figured out what to do. I think I had an idea and kind of have lost faith in my idea. So it's, it's going to be another quilt where I'm making it up as I go along and fingers crossed that I can make this work out. Um, I would like to. Uh, the batiks are beautiful. They're really beautiful. I love batiks. Um, and so anyway, so I've got lots of stuff to do and I am looking forward to it cooling down, not complaining about the weather at all, but I'm willing to celebrate the cool breezes of fall when they blow into our little town here in central North Carolina. It's not that little. Durham's actually kind of big. But anyway, I want to get this up uh, in the air. 
put it on the radio waves. So I'm going to end up here. I'm going to try to keep uh, podcasting, keep those comments coming. You know, I love them. It makes me feel like like someone's listening, <laughs> which is always a delight. Although, you know, I'm happy to sit here and talk to myself. Why not? You know, me and Trav um, having our little one-sided conversations. But, um, yeah, so I hope you're having a good end of the summer. I hope you have a great Labor Day weekend or had a great Labor Day weekend. I assume by the time this is up, it may be over or by the time you get around to listening to it. And um, I hope you have big dreams for fall and big quilts to make and all that good stuff. And I will talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Off-Kilter Quilt. Come visit me online at offkilterquilt.com. Until next time, this is Francis. Remember, life is short. Quilt first.